the coaches poll was out, and I'm going to tell you a big quick surprise here. Boston College did not make the top 25. We'll get into what we saw on the list, what opponents Boston College will play on the top 25, and what BC has to do to get into that top 25 on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Hope you're staying cool. It is hot as heck here in Massachusetts. It's been like that for like a week now. Well, on Monday, the NCAA coaches released their top 25 list, and it's obviously something we're going to want to talk about. Now, the usual suspects, they are all in that top five. You've got your Alabamas, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson, who Boston College gets to play. Now, looking ahead, there's no surprise there. You know every year that Alabama is going to be number one. That seems like it's it's like that's like the next step towards heading to fall. Is Alabama number one yet? Yep. Okay, we're getting closer to fall yet. They're number one. Georgia's getting their way their way up there too, and so is Clemson and Ohio State. Those are the four teams I feel like every year, even if they're not going to be a top four team, they get in on reputation alone, and you can't blame it. They're stacked. They recruit better than everyone else. That's where they deserve to be. But you know, Boston College didn't make it. That's no surprise. I mean, when you're picked to finish, what, fifth or sixth, depending on who you look at, in the ACC, there's not going to be much love when you look at the polls. I was, I guess I guess I was a little surprised that there wasn't at least one vote. Maybe someone that was like, oh, you know, they're, they're a team that might, might uh, fool some people. Brandon Marcello of 247 Sports, he put BC at number 30. Uh, he's not a coach. He's just a writer. So there's people out there that do believe in the Eagles. It's just we didn't see any here. Now, BC's got some scheduling, uh, some, some chances in this schedule to play some top 25 teams and to potentially beat some. Now, they, as I said, will play Clemson at home. They're the number four team in the country. They'll go on the road to South Bend and play number five, Notre Dame. They'll also get to play number 19, Wake Forest. And they're not just the only teams that are in the top 25 because, of course, as the season progresses, you're going to have teams that lose and fall out of the top 25. You look at that next group of teams as potentials, too, and you see that there's the Florida States, the NC States, and Louisvilles that are in that group. So there's about six teams that Boston College could play at some point out of their 12 that could be top 25 teams. That's impressive. That that, that shows you that maybe the ACC isn't as down as some folks are saying, and that there's a chance that Boston College has the team to beat a top 25 team. Now, if if I was to rank and look at those teams, where would I go in terms of my in terms of favorability? In terms of what games could BC play that they would be favored in against those three top 25 teams? Well, we'll, we'll we can look at the receiving votes another time. My the bet the third the least likely to me and Boston College fans are gonna groan when they when I say this is Notre Dame. You're playing them on the road in Notre Dame, which is always hard. Hey, Boston College has a history of winning there, so I'm not gonna poo-poo that it's not a possibility. They have a great defensive line. They've got good receivers. They've got a, a wide. A, a, their coach Marcus Freeman is changing the game with the Irish. 
he is setting up a culture there that far exceeds anything that Brian Kelly did, and he did a nice job there. So as long as he can coach and and, and not make in-game mistakes, which, you know, he was a good defensive coordinator. I don't see why he would. They're, they're going to be a very, very good team and a hard out for Boston College, especially being on the road. The second toughest game for me, and, and what I'm going to pick, is going to be Clemson. Now, Clemson... I, I still I still have them on my upset watch, but when you look at that defensive line, it's hard to say. Oh, Boston College's brand new offensive line of five new people are going to be able to beat Clemson and be able to slow down you know all those guys: Miles Murphy, Brian Brees. This you know there's there's quite a few really talented guys in that defense. So it's going to make it very hard for Boston College to win that. But I, I it's at home. It's a red bandana game. It's a night game. And BC has lost by six points the last two games to Clemson in Death Valley. Could Boston College pull off that upset? That would be monumental. And can you imagine if Boston College beats Clemson, what the what the internet users, the message boards, the sports talk callers would be like in Clemson the, the week after? They would be apoplectic if they lost to, to Boston College. Because that that to them, I, 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 even though BC plays them tough, you get the sense of arrogance from Clemson. I mean, as I, I mentioned last week, when I was on a show, a radio show on Clemson, they, they are, their host had it marked down as an automatic win for Clemson. And I had to interrupt him and say, hey, you won by six points the last two years. I don't know if it's an automatic win. So you get that sense that these fans out there, and you should see their Facebook co- comments because he 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 clipped it to say, oh, what did he say? Something like BC uh, host says that Boston College has a chance to beat Clemson, and there must have been thirty like laughing faces next to it. So you get the sense of arrogance from the Tigers, and I would say you know going into a game like that, will their players buy into that? I don't think so. Dabo's usually a good guy at getting that going, but. I, they're a team right for the taking. The team that I, I'm starting to think that BC might be able to catch is Wake Forest. And here is why. Yes, Wake Forest beat the absolute tar out of BC last year. <laughs> There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But as a lot of last year, you have to throw the game in the trash. If I remember correctly, Phil Dracovic had the flu. He had a broken hand. You had ha- You had multiple players on the team with the flu. Everyone was sick. No excuses there, but you got to be realistic of what happened there, right? So the offense was able to do literally nothing because they couldn't move the ball. And the defense, everyone was sick. It just didn't work, right? BC gets them a little earlier this year. Hopefully they'll be healthier. Their defense should be good. And I like their defense against a team like Wake Forest. I know Wake Forest did some things to BC last year, but a lot of times, just like with the games under Dennis Grossell, a lot of that was due to the Eagles' inability to keep their offense on the field. It was always just, you know, off, 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 off. You know, never sustaining drives long enough so that Sam Hartman wasn't just going bonkers out there. Do you know what I mean? So I think for me, Wake Forest has has catapulted to just where I'm, I, I've been hearing about camp, where they're at. I think the defensive backfields could do some things. The biggest question mark is, can they stop Sam Hartman from running the ball? That's a bigger concern, but it, hey, if Cam Arnold and Bryce Steele take a step up and, and do a better job of being in place and being able to stop a guy like that, they should be able to put points up on that defense. Wake Forest's defense, 
last year, I think a lot of folks forget, was awful. And yes, they did well against BC, but again, BC's offense was just dead from the flu and injuries. A healthy BC team, I like it. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. This is just where I'm at right now. So my, my when you're looking at that top 25 list, my most likely most likely chance for BC to get that first win against a top 25 team, they haven't done it since 2014, folks. We're up to eight years since a top 25 win will be against Wake Forest. And that would be such a huge win. Any win against a top 25 team would be so good for this program. That would be something that Jeff Halfley could use on the recruiting trail. It would give some faith to the fan base who would be like, wow, we can win some big games. It would really kind of revitalize this program. And again, things could change. Wake Forest is at 19 right now. They could lose a game here and then be out of it. Maybe Louisville's up. But we're just looking at where they're at right now. Now, in a moment, I'm going to get into what Boston College has to do to get in the top 25. What does their September have to look like if they want to have a chance of seeing those digits next to their name? Now, as you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your businesses fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and free. Now, LinkedIn... They create a free job post in minutes to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word so that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know over nearly 40 million people visit LinkedIn looking for jobs every week. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Locked On Boston College, AJ Black here. We're talking about the top 25 list uh, released by the coaches, uh, part of the USA Today's coaches poll. One little quick note that I thought was really interesting when I was looking at the coaches poll was that Boston College coach had uh, Jeff Halfley actually voted on it this year. Now, I've followed BC for years, and I, I look at the coaches poll. It's I don't look at it as much when BC was in their doldrums of the Adazio and, and Spaziani years. Why bother looking if BC's never going to be on there? But one thing I did notice for a long time was that Boston College coaches never voted on it. I don't remember Adazio ever doing it. I know Halfley hasn't the last two years. I just looked it up. And I don't think Spaziani did it either. So this Halfley's kind of blazing new... Uh, new trails here. And it'll be interesting to see where his mind frame is at. Does he, if BC starts to jump up and do really well, does he vote for his own team? Or what's, what's the etiquette for something like that? Does, does it, are coaches all, like encouraged to vote for their own team? Or is Halfley that kind of guy that's self-deprecating? Like, oh, I don't want to jinx ourselves. We have to vote against ourselves. It'll be interesting to see like if BC jumps out to an early uh, hot start this season, if he does that. But that's, that's a huge jump in the, fo- uh, in the future here because BC still has to beat some teams for them to get even in that conversation. And that's what we're going to look at the month of September here. And look at the four games Boston College has on their schedule. And look at if by the end of the month, if there's a reasonable chance the Eagles could be a top 25 team. Now, you look at the top 25 teams and many of them have some tough games scheduled in there. Whether it's a Georgia against Oregon or a Alabama against... 
Texas, you know, they all have their games. But Boston College, they they when you look at their schedule, they've got games that they've got that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them to win those games. I'm not saying that they can't do it, but let's look at what they have. First of all, you have Rutgers. If you win that game, are you going to get any votes? I don't think so. Because the the reputation in this 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 talk about votes is on any of the platforms, whether it's the coaches poll, the AP poll, whatever you want to talk about. Would they get votes for beating Rutgers? No, because Rutgers has the reputation of just being a bottom Power 5 program. Kind of like what BC kind of has with some people, but Rutgers is much more mired in that. So even if BC wins that game, if they go in there and comfortably beat the Scarlet Knights, that's not going to get them enough reputation to get them in the top 20. I don't even think it'll be enough to get them votes. Okay. Now, second week is where things start to get a little more interesting. And that is the game against Virginia Tech. Now, this game is going to be challenging for Boston College for a few reasons. The first of all, Brent Pry, he has a very blitz-heavy defense, and it's going to be a very big challenge up front for the Eagles' uh, new offensive line. I feel like this is going to be the talking point for every game. Like They're going to go into a night game in Blacksburg, which obviously is going to be a challenge in itself because it's one of the craziest atmospheres if you have not had a chance to check it out uh, in college football. BC drew a a tough straw there, and that's okay. You want challenges, right? Um, That being said, the offensive side of the ball, I think BC has an edge. I think BC should be able to put more points up than Virginia Tech because I think BC's defense is better than Virginia Tech's offense. So if you were hoping... I would say the odds of BC winning that game are pretty solid, just just off of where I'm at. I think that if you have Dracovic and Flowers do some things here, that should be a chance to get them to 2-0. and Okay, now, if they win that game, will they start to get votes? Virginia Tech is a brand. Not the strongest brand in the world, but they're a brand that gets attention when people are voting. So... I think there's some a, a reasonable amount of excitement about the Hokies. They might start to get some excitement there. But on the flip side, it's Boston College, and they're like the nuclear uh, wasteland of, of buzz. And they need to do more above and beyond most what any teams for any of these polls to start paying attention. So for me, I, I still don't think BC will get any votes if they if they start the season off 2-0. Now, the third game is a game against the the vaunted Maine Black Bears. Now, this is going to be a ch- no, it's not going to be a challenging game. It's an FCS game. This game doesn't matter. As long as, Bo- as long as Boston College goes in there and takes care of business, doesn't make this close, uh wins by multiple touchdowns, should be fine. It's not going to make a, a lick these FCS games don't make a lick of difference when it comes to polls. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what team you are. If Alabama's beating Chattanooga or whatever teams they play down there that are their F- FCS opponents or Savannah State or what, you know, those schools if they win, doesn't matter. Doesn't it doesn't change the voters' uh, confidence in a team or give them any extra confidence? Correct. So that leaves the the month of November with Florida State. This is the game you want to circle. This is the game that could get folks interested in Boston College. That could get some some votes for BC. But things have to go Seminoles' ways before this game. And I look at the Seminoles' schedule and go, oof, I don't like where the way this is setting up for this. So you're looking at the Seminoles, right? And they're a brand, so they immediately, for preseason polls, they're getting votes for reasons I have no idea why. They're not a team I am buying all that high on right now. 
they have a start to their schedule that's challenging, much more challenging than some of the other teams BC plays. They start off with Duquesne, August 27th, fine. That is a, that's a game they're going to probably win nice and easily. But their real start to their season is on September 4th against LSU. And I don't know where Brian Kelly has that team. And, you know, they've got some new quarterbacks. They've got they've got a whole new roster. I think they have 15 uh, transfers on the on the Tigers. That could be a tough game, but it's an SEC opponent. Tough, 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 tough game to win, right? No matter who who's on that roster. Okay, so that could be a possible loss for Florida State. Then they go to Louisville. And I know on this podcast I have trashed Louisville before, but I still think Louisville is better than Florida State. I would put that down as a loss. So there's a strong possibility that the BC will play in Florida State with the with the Seminoles at one and two, and with BC the potential of being three and zero. If they win that way, would they be a top twenty five team, or would they even get votes? Maybe. But I still don't think they'll get it. I, you know, they've got to have some things roll their way. You need to face a stronger Florida State team. You need Florida State to win against LSU. If Florida State goes two and one, then yeah. If BC beats a two and one Florida State team on the road, the team that they that has beaten an SEC school, that's going to give them the points that they need to get into that top twenty-five poll. So that would be the way that that. I mean, we're just looking at September here, folks. That would be the the only way I think BC could actually get into the top twenty-five. They lose any of those games, forget it. You're you're now playing uphill, and you have to win a top twenty-five game to get into the top twenty-five. So that's just some thoughts about that. I love looking at at schedules and 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 uh, analyzing what could and could not happen, and then realizing you know some star quarterback goes down and it all goes to crap. So that's kind of where we're at now. In our final segment, I'm going to go over just some news and notes of things going on around Boston College that we may have missed. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. So. Uh, I am the editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Sports Network. If you took advantage of our podcast and uh, offer to become a uh, VIP member, I want to thank you. And for those who are just checking out the site, thank you as well. Now, there's been some news and notes of things that have been going on in the recruiting world that I think is worth talking about. First of all, let's look at the world of basketball recruiting. As a couple names that Boston College has been rumored to be connected with have either either stopped being recruited by BC because they're not interested in them, I mean the player's not interested in BC, or they just went on somewhere else. The two big names that have moved is Imani Hansberry, a forward who had BC in his top 10, but when it came down to his top four, he moved on from the Eagles. I liked him. He had a really strong summer. I believe he was from Missouri, if I'm correct. Uh, he's got, you know, he's looking at schools like uh, Georgetown and uh, Penn State and Illinois and things like that. So he is on the move somewhere else. So he's one loss. Jamie Kaiser is another one. He, he was a four-star that almost became a five-star. Credit to Boston College, uh, the men's men's staff, for con- for connecting with him early. They were good about that. It's just his, ex- his recruiting exploded to the point where the Eagles just, you know, they were he was too popular and he ended up at Maryland. Now, these are guys, Hansbury and Kaiser, that were very exciting that BC got in on early but then closed the deal. So how does a team like Boston College close the deal on these guys? Because eventually if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man, if, as Ric Flair would say, right? Woo! And they got to start winning some of these battles. But to order to do that, you got to start winning. I'm telling you folks, BC has two things that need to happen. And I think if those happen, you'll start to see 
a shift in their recruiting where they can start to get players like this. First of all, the the Hogue Pavilion. I was on campus last week when I went to practice, saw the Hogue Pavilion. They're working on it. It's coming along. But that's a game changer. I said this on this podcast earlier uh, this year. Getting an indoor practice facility or a practice facility specifically just for basketball is something you can market to your recruits, that you can sell to your recruits, and get you on um, the same playing field as some of these other schools. Get you back up to that level playing field. Big deal right there, right? That's big. But the biggest thing is they got to start winning. And uh, I saw John Rothstein of the eight of um, I forget where he writes for now, but I just see his face all the time on Twitter. Uh, he did his ACC preview and he had eight. He had the Eagles at 11th, which I guess is a step in the right direction because usually they're last. They're 11th, but he has them as their sleeper of the year. And I, I am buying in folks on this Eagle team. I, I like the depth that they have. They finally going to have a bench this year. I mean, how many years has it been since it's been like, Oh, we just need Kai Bowman and Jerome Robinson to go absolutely nuts, and we have nothing behind them. You need to have a bench, and they have that. They brought in, you know, four really exciting freshmen. We'll see how they kind of integrate into this roster. You brought in Mason Madsen, so you have some outside shooting. And then you have the defense that you made your bones with last year. So you start, you win this year. You're talking when you're looking at that next recruiting class, the class of 24 then you could start winning some of these battles because recruits see that stuff, right? They see the fans there because if BC starts winning, we've got some fair weather fans that are probably not listening to this podcast right now, so I can say that. But they'll return to, to basketball games if they start winning. The students will be there if it becomes a social thing when people are winning. You're going to get that. The recruits are going to see that. You'll start winning those battles. It can happen, but the season's going to be so crucial for Earl Grant and his staff to get up, up and over that hump. In addition, we'll, go, we'll flip it over to football here. No real real big recruiting news as the staff is back. You know, They're obviously working at camp. They're doing their thing. They're not on the, the trail of recruiting. You'll see them doing some offers here and there as they're watching film on their free time, but not really in terms of um, going out on the road. So that's there. But the roster was released, and just a few names that were off of, the, off of it that were um, players that were expected to come back was Connor Grieco. He was a safety who played, I think the last year I saw him play was 2019 under Steve Adazio. And he was a starting safety for a bit. Then he got hurt, and I haven't seen him since. He's been on the roster, um, but I don't think he's played anything meaningful in a while. So I don't, I'm not sure what was going on there. It looks, you know, it could be injuries, could be transfer, but he's gone. Jalen Williams, not the one that's the track star. There was another Jalen Williams who was a defensive back. He is also gone. And then finally, Eric Larson, an offensive lineman who was more of a depth player. I don't think you would have seen him play. He also is no longer on the roster. Again, I can't get into why. Even if I knew, it's not fair to the kids. It's kind of private stuff, right? So they're all gone. That's all you just need to know, right? In terms of um, players that are coming in, the only news that maybe you didn't know about was CJ Klingscales, who's a freshman from Buford, Georgia. Um, and I think I had him on the podcast. I've talked to so many recruits on here. I don't even remember who I've talked to. Uh, he, he was recruited and he was a running back in high school, but he's going to be a defensive back with the Eagles. So he'll give them some nice depth at that position as well. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. I will be back at camp today. I'll be, uh, if you're listening to this, I'm probably on my way there to sweat and, um, feel disgusting in the Fishfield house, uh, as the, as the Eagles go on to practice number five or six, if I'm, I'm, I've lost track of what number they're at. Um, but 
If you want to follow me, I'm on AJBlack underscore BC. I'm the editor and publisher Eagle Insider. You can join up there if you want to become a VIP member. It's a great deal. Uh, you get Paramount Plus uh, if you are a member, which is fun. There's a lot of good stuff on that. You can also follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC or at LockedOnBC. And make sure, if you're listening to this, to follow us on YouTube. See you again soon, folks. Take care.